I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 293. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm excited to stay in Second Chronicles this week with a replay that will look at the same sections of Scripture as last week, but from a different angle. Let's jump in. The Bible has a lot to say about wholeheartedness, and that is why I'm so excited about Brandon Heath's song, Whole Heart. I can't wait to jump into Scripture. So first, let's listen. Where this hurt, you show me what healing can do. Where this hatred, you show me how kindness can move. Where this fear deep inside, I won't run, I won't hide. I'll give you all of me so that you can see every broken piece and open up my The heart in scripture does not refer to the organ that pumps blood through our system, but rather the inner man, the place where our affections and our will reside. Our inclinations are a reflection of our heart. And when asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus replied in Matthew 22, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So God asks for our wholehearted love and devotion. But everywhere throughout the body of Christ, there can be found those who are content with what I'm going to call, or what I read recently, Andrew Murray's book, The Two Covenants. He calls it a combination life. And I agree with that. Half flesh and half spirit. Half self-effort and half grace. And I pray that we would not be content with this combination life, but rather a wholehearted walk, seeking to know the fullness of our deliverance from sin and the fullness of the power of God's presence in us. Wholeheartedness in love and service toward God is is the condition that we must meet for true communion and relationship with Him. And in our human relationships, you know, we hold back pieces of ourselves in order to protect our hearts. And so perhaps there have been those who handled your heart carelessly rather than tenderly and with great care. And so you hold back part of it out of fear of a repeat performance, you know, so when it, when, and we do that in our relationship with the Lord as well. Sometimes we hold back areas of our inner selves, of our hearts as a matter of control, you know, while we curtain off areas of our inner selves, our will and our affections, we feel as though we retain control and true surrender of our whole heart means losing control. 
Now, did you know that God himself is our example of wholeheartedness? In Jeremiah chapter 32, he describes his everlasting covenant. And it says this, I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety and they shall be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. Ah, I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart and all my soul. You see, God right here is our example. He gives to us wholeheartedly and we are to reciprocate. You know, we must enter into this joy of God with our whole heart and soul. After all, you know, God doesn't just shrug his shoulders with an, eh, I guess I'll do good to them today. I may or may not keep my promises and the good I think I might do today, I may turn away from tomorrow. No, it's the opposite of what he just said. He says, I will make with them an everlasting covenant and that I will not turn away from doing good to them. You see, the everlasting covenant is made through the final sacrifice of God's son, Jesus Christ. And And that is the new covenant. There's an old covenant and a new covenant. And while we live in the days of the new covenant, we can learn a lot from those who've come before us when entering the covenant with all of our heart. Andrew Murray writes, the whole of the old covenant was a school of grace, an elementary school to prepare for the fullness of grace and truth in Christ Jesus. I love that. And there are three kings in the Old Testament that we read of entering into the covenant with their whole heart. And I would like to examine one of those today. King Asa's story can be found in Second Chronicles chapters 14 through 16 and in First Kings chapter 15. I won't read the chapters to you here. But I really, truly hope that you will read them on your own. You know, this is my whole desire for you, that you, that I would be able to inspire you to read God's word for yourself. You know, hearing me talk about it is one thing, uh, but it will become cemented into your own knowledge through your personal study. And to help you with this, I give you Bites, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, B-I-T-E, to help you take a bite out of scripture, so to speak. And these are um, these bites that are especially helpful in Chronicles and Kings. There are some marvelous stories to learn from, but they do all seem to kind of run together when you read them straight through. I'm actually trying to finish reading the Bible through this year. I joined a group of folks reading the Bible through in four months, but since we are now in month seven, I'm pretty sure it's obvious that I did not reach my goal. (laughs) So I'm no worse for the wear. You know, while I was unable to read for about 45 minutes a day, every day is kind of what it takes to get through, or at least at my reading speed to get through the whole Bible in four months. I do still read every day, maybe maybe not the full 45 minutes, um, and I'm almost done. So I, I again, I just I share this with you to say that although I may have quote unquote missed the mark with my goal of four months, I've definitely still benefited from setting and working toward the goal. And I've stayed in God's word and that makes all the difference. What made me think of all that, uh, the whole Bible read through and all that, is I've been reading all about the kings during my chronological reading plan. 
And they all sort of ran together. And so while I know I recently read about King Asa, and now that I'm going back to spend some time in in just his story in this smaller section and not confuse the situation by reading about the next king and then the next king and the next king, it, it's helped me see things I missed. So don't get me wrong. I uh, When you read and keep on reading, which is one of my bites, not one that I use this week, but one that I have used in the past, big ideas come to the surface. Okay, so you the the details start to fade into the distance and bigger patterns and themes kind of rise to the top. So there is a benefit of doing that. But when you slow down, which is another bite, then the details begin to crystallize and you learn different things. Okay, so today's bites are to read in context. And what I mean by that is I want you to read Asa's entire story, all three chapters. It's going to be really important that you read the whole story and you'll I'll explain why later. But and then I want you to follow the bite of exploring a topic. So in our case, we're considering the topic of wholeheartedness. And when you focus on one central theme and then read a story with an eye toward that target, then some of the other distracting or confusing details fade away and you walk away with some real aha moments. So King Asa to get started, is a is a king of Judah. And this is after the kingdom splits into Israel and Judah. So both kingdoms, by the way, had just doozies of kings. Um, Asa could be considered one of the good guys. In fact, scripture describes him this way. It says, And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the ashram and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandment. So he leads by example by uh, taking down the foreign altars, and then he also leads by command by um, commanding them to seek the Lord. So do what I say and do what I do. So what did he ask of the people? Well, to seek the Lord and to keep the law and the commandments. So when you read the story of Asa, I want you to make note of the number of times it mentions that he had rest, no war. He was at peace. And I'm not going to say that this is prescriptive, meaning if you seek the Lord and obey, then you are guaranteed rest. But I think scripture is clear that they had rest. They they were not at war and they had peace because they sought the Lord, tore down the idols and obeyed his instructions. And Asa thought so too, because he said this, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have, because we have sought the Lord, our God, we have sought him and he has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. I love that. They built and prospered, but it didn't end there. You see, a war eventually came And what Asa did next was a defining moment for him. It says they drew up their lines of battle in the valley of Zephathah at Maresha. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. 
So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. So the battle lines were drawn and Asa cries out to the Lord. Asa acknowledged God for who he is and asked for his help. And he answered mightily. And then a prophet comes and gives a word to Asa after this. And it was inspiring. It was also filled with a warning. But the people responded wisely. In fact, scripture goes on to say, They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. And it says they they swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with horns. They had a party and all Judah rejoiced over the oath. They were happy to make this oath for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire. And he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around. So they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord with wholeheartedness. Their wholeheartedness, was it rewarded with wealth and health? Not necessarily. Um, That may have come along with it. But specifically, it says the Lord gave them rest. Do you need rest? I'm not talking like a nap, but rest. Are you weary from the battles that that are raging all around you? Perhaps you're attempting to lead a combination life. Remember that? I mentioned that. Half flesh and half spirit, half self-effort and half grace. Why not try wholeheartedness? Why not let your guard down with a God that has completely let his guard down for you? So what of Asa? Well, in chapter 15, we read, The heart of Asa was wholly true all his days. That is until the 35th year of his reign. And instead of letting the end of story of the story be wholeheartedness, he runs back to a combination life, you know, that half self-effort and half dependence on God. And the king of Israel at the time was making moves against King Asa. So remember Israel and Judah, two different kingdoms at this time, and they were opposed to one another. And instead of seeking the Lord, Asa goes and makes a deal with the king of Syria to relieve him of his trouble. Oh, Then another prophet comes, and this is what he says. Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support To those whose heart is blameless toward him. You've done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. So Asa relies on God. Asa seeks God. They they enter into a covenant with their whole heart, wholehearted devotion. And 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 it goes well for them, and they have peace, and they have no war, and they are at rest. And then comes another situation. See, the the situations arose. It's not that wars won't come up against you, that you won't have to to go into battle. But what are you going to do with that? Who are you going to rely on? And so uh, another war comes up against him. But this time, instead of relying upon God, he relies upon the king of Syria. So when this prophet speaks to Asa, does Asa repent? And then God relents, right? Asa repents, God relents, everything goes back to rest. No, (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Uh, actually, he goes into a rage, and he get he gets mad at the messenger, and he throws this prophet into into the stocks, into the into prison. He and and then he also inflicts cruelty on the people, and which is ridiculous. So he just kind of goes crazy with anger, and he ends up dying a miserable man with a painful foot disease. That the scripture says. Now, I'm not sure if I'm simplifying the lesson too much here, but I think the warning here is that you can start out wholehearted and still slip back into relying on self, on money, on idols, or on others instead of the Lord. And I think that's why being a Christ follower is a daily task. You know, that daily take up your cross and follow him. But don't fret. You see, God himself can give you a new heart. It says in Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You see, God knows we have a tendency to be like King Asa. Start out strong and then slip into your old ways. So he gave us a new heart and his own spirit to live within us, to cause us to walk in his ways. It's a gift. Don't waste it. So what's next? We'll read all about King Asa in 2 Chronicles 14 through 16. Read the entire story and then compare and contrast the wholeheartedness and then the divided hearts of the king and his people and consider the results of each. Seek the Lord with your whole heart and thank him for the good that he freely pours out with his whole heart. Well, I hope you enjoyed that replay of episode 176. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram, michellekneezat at michellekneezat or on Facebook, michellekneezat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Shelba from Missouri, Brittany from North Carolina, and Anita from Australia. Welcome. New subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send out once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my podcast from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying Thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using the song Dead Man Walking by Jeremy Camp to inspire us to interact with scripture. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 293. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.